Welcome to the Guns and Yoga Podcast. My name is Wendy Hummel. From now until the end of the month, we're doing our first ever giveaway. If you sign up for our upcoming newsletter at the link that we have in the show notes or on Instagram, you will be eligible to win a free Guns and Yoga hat. The drawing will take place on Halloween of this year, 2023. Today, I'm going to share a conversation that I had a while back with a friend of mine, Jennifer Boileau. It's a bit longer than our usual podcast because Jen leads us through a practice at the end of the episode. Our conversation lasts until around the 54 minute mark when she begins to explain the practice of I rest meditation. The practice itself will begin around the 66 minute mark. So if you're going to try the practice, I recommend laying down or sitting, finding a quiet place where that you can be for about 20 to 25 minutes with no distractions. Jen's a trauma-informed yoga and mindfulness instructor who teaches to the first responder population. She is married to a now retired police officer, but he's not really retired, but she knows firsthand the stresses that the police profession can have on the first responder, but also on the family. Jen shares her personal experience with anxiety and worrying about her husband while he was at work. She also discusses how this impacted their daughter and how she tried yoga to help manage her anxiety and her stress. Ever since that first class, Jen says she's been hooked and hasn't looked back since. Jen shares what it was like early on when she was first starting to teach yoga and mindfulness to law enforcement and other first responders and the importance of having trauma-informed yoga training. Saying the word yoga is sort of like saying the word fitness. It's a bit subjective. So for those looking to either bring it to their agency or to offer it to a first responder agency, it is important to understand why. What's the intention? What skills do you want them to learn? And what value will they get from the classes? People often associate yoga with flexibility, strength, and mobility. And while all of those things happen with a regular practice, nervous system regulation and processing stress should also be a priority. Jen and I agree that whoever teaches the classes, whether it be somebody from the agency or someone from the outside, that they be trauma-informed and culturally competent. It doesn't mean that the person teaching has to have a master's in psychology or counseling or that they need to be a first responder themselves. They should just understand the culture in which they're teaching, maybe go on a few ride-alongs or attend a citizen's police academy. They should also know how to create a safe and accessible environment and have an understanding that trauma doesn't just happen in the mind, but that it can also be held in the body. Another consideration is for the person teaching to have a grasp on the research and how the class will benefit first responders specifically. They need to be prepared to succinctly articulate this to the decision makers, those in charge of whether or not it gets brought in or not. What value will it provide? Many in our first responder culture, although it's starting to change, still think that yoga is about twisting your body in a pretzel, touching your toes, that yoga is for girls primarily, or that it's a gateway to a specific religion. I have heard yoga called woo-woo. I've called yoga woo-woo myself. But to me, that descriptor is a bit outdated, and I'll tell you why. Woo-woo, according to the Merriam-Webster definition, means dubiously or outlandishly mystical, supernatural, or unscientific. There is so much research, evidence, and science to back up why the tools of yoga, which include mindfulness, moving your body, and breath work, are beneficial. 
woo-woo just doesn't fit for me anymore. So as a reminder, around that 54 minute mark, we're gonna transition into a practice that Jen's gonna lead us in called I-Rest Meditation. It's based on an ancient practice called Yoga Nidra, one of my favorites to both teach and to practice. I-Rest, which stands for Integrative Restoration Meditation, is a 10-step protocol developed by Dr. Richard Miller, a clinical psychologist and yoga teacher. He started the protocol with veterans returning from war in hopes to find success with a non-pharmaceutical intervention for post-traumatic stress disorder, chronic pain, and overwhelm. The protocol teaches you that you have everything that you need within you, and all 10 steps can be practiced in their entirety, or they can be practiced in shorter sections. The steps are as follows. Number one, connect to your heartfelt desire. Two, set an intention. Three, your inner resource. Four, feel your body. Five, become aware of your breath. Six, welcome your emotions. Seven, witness your thoughts. Eight, experience joy. Nine, find lasting peace. And 10, reflect on your practice. So as a reminder, if you want to try this practice, I recommend finding a quiet place to either sit or lie down. I hope you enjoy the show. Welcome to the Guns and Yoga podcast. Today, my guest is Jennifer Boilo. I think I said that right. And I'm very <laughs> excited to have her on the show. I'm going to read just a quick bio that she's got on her website. Uh, she's got a background in education and also a specialty emphasis in special education. And she has taken that teaching background and shifted her focus to teaching practices of resilience as a trauma-centered yoga teacher, a certified IRS meditation teacher, a Reiki master, and sound healing facilitator, which, oh my gosh, I wish you were in my area. I love, love, <laughs> love sound healing. Uh, I am currently, or she is currently, a trauma-informed contractor for the Newcastle Police Department in Delaware, and she works under the Holistic Officer Wellness Program, which I'm excited to hear about that, to address stress and trauma in recruits through retirees. And the program also includes uh, medics and recon employees and their families. So welcome, Jen. Welcome to the show. Well, thanks for having me. Yeah, I, I'm very excited to have you on. Like I said, you know, I... Uh, I got connected with you, as you know, through some kind of like-minded folks, those of us that, that do the yoga mindfulness thing, but also we got to meet in person not that long ago in Nashville. So that was pretty cool. I know. So fun. Yeah. And I can, I can tell everyone firsthand that I got to go to your class and experience you leading us through uh, an I rest meditation, which was wonderful, which it was a great way to start the day. So um, lots of great stuff that you have to share for us. So I'm, I'm looking forward to having you tell everybody about what you do and how they can work with you. But what I want to say before I ask, we start getting into our conversation is I mentioned to you off air that I've been getting a lot of people asking about how can I start um, some sort of a yoga or mindfulness or a meditation program at my agency? Tell me what I can do. And and so what I really want to make sure that we cover is there's so many different ways, depending on where you're at in the country, where your agency is at as far as these practices, the size of your agency, and the access that you have to people in your community, if not within your agency, that can help deliver this for you. 
And so uh, this is this is just so timely because I, I mm-hmm. you have a unique way that you get to work with mm-hmm. with first responders. I can't wait for you to share that. So maybe what we could do is just start out a little bit more about your background and what led you to become uh, a trauma informed yoga teacher, what that training looked like, and also your experience and training in meditation and mindfulness for the people that probably don't know a whole lot about this kind of stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, my background, like you said, is in education. So my classroom has changed a little bit, not with the littles anymore, although I do still love to go into schools to support mindfulness for little ones. I wish I had those skills when I was a kid growing up. I think I would have had a lot less anxiety uh, in school, in sports, all those kinds of things. But over time, and especially as my husband, who was on the Newcastle County Police Department and started building his career, um, that anxiety that I felt growing up suddenly started to manifest into worrying about him, you know, worrying about his coworkers. My brother-in-law is also an officer on the department. So Mm. it became this compounding thing of like, what could I find? What could I do uh, to help support myself to help get through? I understand we as spouses or as a spouse of an officer, I know you obviously were an officer, but as the spouses were always told, you have to trust their training. You have to trust the training. And I do trust the training and I did, but I really needed something to help myself with the level of anxiety because of course my husband enjoyed all the aspects of police work that, um, you know, were the scariest to me. He was on the SWAT team for almost his entire career. So that means on call for almost his entire career and only going out for those, you know, worst of the worst kind of scenarios. So Um, I found yoga and meditation for myself, and as that progressed and as I saw how much it helped me, I was like, okay, uh, I think I might need to go into a studio because I never would go to a studio. I always did it at home and always kind of drove past a studio in town. I didn't want to go in. I don't know what it was. I I just felt funny about going in for some reason. Maybe like everyone would know what they're doing and I I wouldn't or something like that. And I literally took one class, came home and said, I'm going to sign up for the teacher trainer. And my husband was like, didn't you just go to one class? (laughs) So, um, but I did sign up for the teacher trainer, um, went through that training and quickly saw, I mean, it was a fabulous training and it was very intense. But I also saw that there were aspects that I felt I needed a little bit more uh, training and a little bit more support. I guess as a special education teacher, that background in accessibility kept coming up for me. Like, well, what if someone can't participate in this way? What if someone's body doesn't make that shape? You know, um, you know, I, I could see how this could be helpful to my husband and his line of work. I could see how good it made me feel just physically moving the body in different ways, having my breathing change, you know, that uh, starting to learn a bit about meditation, a little bit more in depth. I I started to see all these parallels of how this could really be helpful in the police department. And then (laughs) trying to figure out, well, how do I, how do I get this in the mix of the police department? How do I get some, some buy-in there? But my husband was like, you know what? I've, I feel really good. I feel really good when we're doing this kind of 
uh, this kind of practice. And so it kind of spiraled from there. It started uh, kind of, it was good for me, helpful for him. I continued my training with uh, accessible yoga in New York City, which now is a, like a global program, helping to support people that have amputations, maybe limb loss, um, any kind of physical or mental limitation, having you be able to participate as well, because that was really important to me, like ha having everyone feel included. And the other aspect was knowing the kind of trauma that my husband was experiencing at work of, of, I always say, I call it trauma. He called it, you know, like a Tuesday, you know, like that's just what we do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I get that. Um, but your body and your brain is receiving that as trauma, right? There are different things happening in the brain because of stress over time. There are different things happening in the body from stress over time. So, mm -hmm. so how can I be more supportive in that aspect? So yes, there was this solid background in the yogic philosophies and the lineages and all this stuff, but I just felt like I, I needed to get a little deeper into how it could be supportive for law enforcement. How could I make it applicable and really have it be meaningful? Because if it's not meaningful, then what's the point, right? Uh, no one's going to buy into it and it's not going to be as effective for them. So that's when I found Warriors at Ease and uh, got into those trainings. So supporting military members, veterans, and also first responders. And I kind of came to iRest backwards because iRest came first, iRest meditation, and then Warriors at Ease came to be because of iRest meditation. I, gotcha. came, I came in backwards. I came in from Warriors at Ease, learned about iRest meditation, absolutely fell in love with that protocol, and started my initial training with iRest, which then led into, you know, years later, um, finally becoming certified in iRest meditation, uh, which yeah. of course is a research-based protocol, which is a very important aspect to me, uh, especially coming to the law enforcement world. I, I wanted to have data and research that backed up the efficacy of the practices. And, and that's what I love about iRest. You know, it came out of Walter Reed Medical Center uh, because of the wonderful success they had working with people coming back from overseas with post-traumatic stress. You know, now it's a uh, a tier one intervention for pain management and mm -hmm. veteran care. It's something that it's being taught all over the world. Um, it's a wonderful protocol again, and it's also very accessible. So that was another aspect that that was really important to me. Um, I, I never want anyone to feel like this isn't for them. Mm -hmm. You know, it might not be your thing. It might not be your favorite, but it's not going to be because you weren't allowed to be a part of the group, right? You weren't, you weren't included. It's, right. it's something that's open and accessible for everybody. Yeah. yeah. And, and before, and I, I want you to really get into to the IREST program and the protocol a little bit more so people understand it, but I want to back up because you mentioned something and I just want to make sure everybody caught this is that you're married to a, a well, he's, I think he's retired now, but a, a former police officer, is that correct? Or current? I'm not sure. Yeah, he's, so he's retired from the Newcastle County Police Department. Okay. But now he works for um, the AG's office. Uh, he it. works in uh, white collar crime. 
Okay. So he's retired, but not retired. Very similar to me. <laughs> so I, I understand. Yeah, exactly. I don't think any of you ever retire for real. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, it's like retire. Air right. Quotes. Yeah. Well, that's kind of the yeah. beauty of we get to retire at a certain age. And a lot of us, you know, yes. we're too young to just not really do anything. So we, and, we continue and, on. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But, but you're a spouse. You've been married. You've been in, you've been living this law enforcement lifestyle for a long time. So I think that's important to mention because, you know, you said that what they were telling you is let, you know, have him trust his training. And there was obviously something missing from his training. And then of course, how it impacts mm -hmm. you at home. And, you know, yes, I'm a, you know, I identify more closely with my role as a police officer, but I'm also a spouse. Uh, my husband's retired cop too, and on the federal level, so I don't really call him a real cop. Hopefully that doesn't offend the feds <laughs> out there. It's kind of a half joke. But but in all seriousness, I know what it feels like to be at home and to be worrying. And I so I really yeah. do get that. And and so I, I really, I like how you shared your per, that personal aspect, because just like I think most of us who find yoga, meditation, and mindfulness, it always has started with us. And we know mm -hmm. once you feel it and experience it, how powerful of a practice it is. And it's really hard to not want to share that with, with other people. And especially the people that, that need it so badly, in my opinion. I mean, everybody needs it, but, but our first responders and our police. So I wanted to make sure people caught that. You, uh, you know what it's like firsthand to, to live in an environment yeah. where people are getting called out the worst of the worst, you know, Tuesday, you know, somebody's getting shot or there's another violent crime. Um, that's just, you know, normal in your household. You know, it's, it's funny. Like when you say it like that, it's, it's making me think of my oldest daughter. Mm -hmm. um, she wrote her college essay mm -hmm. on what it's like to be a cop's kid. Oh, wow. And you know, we think we protect our kids from a certain amount of the job mm -hmm. and we really, uh, but of course our dinner conversation is very different, you know, right? <laughs> yes, from everybody else's. <laughs> and for, for many years, my husband was undercover and I have like side-by-side -side pictures of that I did of like him and Team Wolf, you know, like he was just a beard down to here, oh, that's um, funny. you know, in the drug unit undercover for seemed like a very long time. And, um, you know, going and doing buys in parking lots and whatever half the things I probably don't even want to know but so our our dinner conversation was not the norm but we tried to shield them from I don't know maybe the hard parts of the job or the scary things or or whatnot and then my daughter wrote her college essay mm. and we were both like oh my gosh wow um she talked about you know, this hearing the sound of his Velcro oh, wow. um, of his vest and, and how she would notice that my light would be on, on when he was on midnights, how I would be awake. And I always thought she was sleeping, you know, <laughs> I thought the kids were out of sleep, but she was awake too. And how he'd come in, you know, so late and, and she'd come down to say hello to him and, um, he would kind of, okay, you know, give her a kiss and a hug and send her back up to bed. Like, I'll be up in a minute. I'll be up in a minute. But she'd wait until she heard the sound of the Velcro because it meant wow. he was home safe again. And it was like, yeah, I mean, it, like it even starts to 
if I if I were to try to read it, I wouldn't be able to. I would be a, a crying mess. But um, it's really sweet. But it also just shows you like how much the job affects the kids too. It affects yeah. all of us. Mm -hmm. And you know, I like I said, we were in Nashville. I didn't I didn't wear the vest. I didn't wear the body armor. But I know the weight of the work that you do and and the weight on the family too. So. Yeah. yeah. And that's why I think it's so important to include families. And I know you, you know, you do some of that in, in what we do organizationally when we're thinking about wellness. Um, it's something that we're really focusing on at the agency that I, that I work at um, really including the families. Cause you're right. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I have a kind of a similar story because my kids and my husband and I had our kids much older because of a lot of it had to do with the job, but so I thought that I did a really good job of shielding my kids too. And a couple of years ago, my, my youngest is only, she's 13. And so I, she had to be really little when this happened. And it, I got called out throughout my entire career. Um, I was person's crimes detective. So when something happened, I'd usually have to go to work. And I remember her telling me that she remembered um, seeing me leave the house. It was like two o'clock in the morning. And I had no idea. I thought she was asleep. And she said she was crying because she was worried about me. Because, you know, she didn't, she wasn't old enough to really understand what I was doing. Um, not to say that you don't ever get in dangerous situations as a detective, but she didn't know that really all I was doing was, you know, not all, but I was showing up to what we call the sixth floor at City Hall to go get a briefing and then, you know, then work the case from there. But she didn't know what I was going to do. And she just, you know, let her imagination run away with her. And, and so I... You know, I, I you're exactly right to illustrate the point that we just they pick up everything. And now I wish I would have done things a little bit different in the way that I talked to them about my job. But um, because I really did try to shelter them and protect them. But they hurt. I mean, my husband and I, we talked about things all the time. And <laughs> as much as we think we were being quiet, we weren't. They hurt. They hurt. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And then, you know, on the on the other hand my youngest when she was really little was at kindergarten one day and bill had just gone back into the drug unit and she went into school and something came up and they were asking about i don't know your parents jobs or something and she's mm -hmm. like my daddy's my daddy's doing drugs again he's so excited and she uh, was like oh honey um uh, friends uh, peyton's daddy's a police man <laughs> she's like honey you're not gonna have any um, birthday party invites if you're telling everyone that you're Aww, daddy does yeah. drugs. she's like well he's so excited and she's like I know honey but he's a policeman we just want to make sure the other kids know like we know you <laughs> like oh god so that's yeah that's funny yeah and it is <laughs> it's so important to think about our kids and and the families because I love how you put that it it's true you carry the weight of the badge so true mm. So if, if we could, like, let's transition now. So you decided, hey, I need these practices for me, manage my own anxiety. Mm -hmm. And you said you shared them with your husband and it seemed to, it seemed to kind of resonate with him too. So how, how the next step into the agency that you're teaching at and tell me a little bit more, if you don't mind about this holistic wellness program. Yeah. So, you know, back then I said to my husband, all right. Who do I need to talk to? Just let me, yeah. let me PT them in the academy. If they mm -hmm. need this to be like vinyasa that runs them into the ground for PT, I'll do it. And, you know, I'll, I'll volunteer my time, you know, just, just get me in there. And um, because I thought if I could at least get in on the workout side, 
right? Uh Now, you know, the yogis are like, are gasping that I'm calling it, you know, but, but it's like, well, what aspect is going to make the most sense to a police agency? Okay. The work outside. And so of course I'm like, who do I have to call? And, you know, I probably know their wife anyway, you know, who do I need to call? Mm -hmm. And so, um, I, I talked to a few people, they were like, yes, yes, yes. This sounds great. But there was, you know, red tape and liability and, you know, all the, all the things mm-hmm. that can come up with it at, at an agency. So um, that kind of just faded out. And this is, you know, maybe eight years ago now, seven years ago, eight years ago now. Um, and I just thought, well, it's not time, right? So I'm going to be teaching I'm going to try to do things and include them if I can get officers to come, you know, and, and, and experience the practices firsthand. I really just leaned into teaching and, you know, volunteering where I could. Um, I started volunteering for the FOP, uh, my husband's lodge for the department. And, and this is years later. So this is years of teaching and Right. Trying different things along the way and, and a lot of feeling like I was kind of screaming into the void, you know, and, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of like, that sounds great. And then crickets, you know. So when the classes started at the FOP, I was volunteering, um, going there in the evenings when, uh, when they had the space available. And each time we had more and more people coming. And I will say that I found retirees were the first ones to really buy in <clears throat> because you get it right. Yes. Like you, when you're, when you're young, I mean, when we were all like 20 something, it's like, okay, cumulative, cumulative stress. Wow. That sounds like a, like a real bummer, you know, like you're not thinking about that. You're right. I can't, about... they can't relate. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's like, you're thinking about Friday night, you know, like they're, yeah, their duty belts heavy, but you know, I'm, I'm still doing triathlons on the weekends, you know, everything's fine. But the retirees were like, man, you know, mm-hmm. 20 some years of that, that duty belt, my back is killing me yeah. <laughs> you know? and my knees messed up. And how could I feel a little bit better? So I started teaching them, um, not a drill into you vinyasa practice, mm-hmm. but a, you know, uh, more of a, a, a warrior's at ease focus. So I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about, you know, the hemispheres of the brain. I'm thinking about the, the mind body connection. I'm, I'm thinking about, you know, uh, crossing the body, crossing the midline, all these different aspects of yoga that maybe would have been just glazed over in a typical yoga kind of class. So, um, but I really leaned into yin yoga the most. I Mm. love getting into the fascia that surrounds the muscles, giving you that greater fluidity of movement. And that's what I found people really were needing the most. And it also offered such a a specific time to move into some breath work in a very accessible way. So we come into a pose, you hold the pose for a particular length of time, and then you try to remain still. And in that time, you know, you're finding your edge where you feel just enough sensation. I mean, tell me any cop, you know, that like stillness or ever gives themselves stillness, right? Like, (laughs) zero. Right. <laughs> so, so actually being in a situation where I'm, I'm asking you, I'm inviting you to be still for the next four minutes, find your edge where you feel just enough. And maybe with your breathing, could I help you soften just a little bit? Maybe it's a millimeter more of, 
of depth into the pose. And maybe in that time, your racing mind starts to settle, right? Maybe something comes up that you haven't thought about in a while, or maybe suddenly something comes to you that you're like, wow, I've been thinking about this. You know, having people lean into the subtleties of what your body is trying to say to you all the time, but we're just too busy to notice. So I started with yin, always ended with a nice little piece of eye rest meditation. And, you know, class was growing each time. Um, people were enjoying it. And next thing you know, you know, maybe a year later, two years later, <clears throat> um, the department was able to get a grant from the Department of Justice from the cops office. And he called me up and said, hey, <laughs> we're looking for bids. <laughs> I'm like, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm here for it. So um, it, it's been very exciting. It's been a year in, just in March. So this month is a year that the program has uh, been in business. Congratulations. Um, thank you. It's very, very exciting to finally, you know, to finally be, I teach in the academy on purpose, right? Like yes. I don't have to beg anybody to, to yes, go. That's um, awesome. I teach them twice a month. It's, it's fabulous. Um, and, you know, that's probably one of my favorite things is that it is recruits through retirees from the, from the minute they walk. Well, I don't get them the minute they walk in. Let me rephrase that. They, they have them in the Academy for two months before they let me come. They, right. they try to get them right. You know, <laughs> before, um, they stress them out really start... good. And then they hand them off to you. <laughs> uh, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And, um, it's, it's been really great to, to look at their, there was one day in particular uh, with the first recruit, recruit class that I had, which was the uh, the 49th class. And I was sitting there waiting for them to come in. And they had been, it was toward the end of their uh, their academy and they had most of their gear in their locker, you know. But in their locker with all of their police gear was a bolster, a yoga mat, and like a yoga blanket and yoga blocks and a yoga strap. And I just loved that those two things were in the locker together. Like yeah. I took, I remember taking a picture of the mm -hmm. locker just to be like, I need to remember this moment that this is what I really wanted to see. Right. It's, it's the, the hard and the soft, it's the, the yin and the yang of, of, of the, of the whole practice. And, and knowing that if I can be just planting these seeds, right? Like I said, it might not be for everybody, but if I'm planting a seed of awareness, right? Awareness of their breathing, awareness of what's coming up in the physical body, awareness mm -hmm. of when the mind is starting to just go off the rails with that hamster wheel of thoughts every time you lay your head down on the pillow, right? If I can just help you build up that level of awareness that you say, wow, like uh, I, I, these thoughts just won't stop. You know what? Instead of being upset about it and ticked off that I can't go to sleep, I'm going to let that be a pointer back to a practice. I'm going to let that, that be a pointer back to a, a breath practice, or um, maybe I'm going to do some progressive muscle relaxation right now for myself. Like let the things that before maybe would have been a negative to you. And, and maybe could they be pointers now? Can you notice yeah. when that's happening? <clears throat> Can you notice when the body is talking to you and, 
something's really tight or something, you know, so what are you going to do about it? Right. There's a practice. There's a, there's a piece of the protocol that we can fit in here. And if you can build that up and practice little and often, that's more important to me than you come and do a yoga practice for an hour. Right. right. And, 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 and doing that. I'd rather you be sitting at a red light and notice that you've been holding your breath and change your breathing. I'd rather all those little pieces because those little one minute practices, they, they build up right over time. So, so yeah, just finding the opportunity, be able to, to say, okay, this let's, let me use this as a message information of what I need to do instead of looking at it. Like you said, as something negative, just changing their perspective. Exactly. Even getting to a point where if say it's a physical pain or even emotional pain, even starting to recognize, maybe I could shift my perspective of that to sensation, right? Maybe it's not like, oh, it's pain. I'm, I'm, I'm consumed by all this discomfort and whatever. It's like, well, really, you're, you might, you are experiencing pain, but what if you perceive it as sensation? What does it feel like? Where does it move? Or does it stay still? Is there a thought that co-arises when that sensation comes up, right? All of a sudden, it becomes something very different than, sure. yeah. oh, my back's killing me. It's always killing me. It always hurts, you know, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, well, can you, can you sit with yourself for just a few moments and sense into an area of the body where there is not pain? Right. And it's like, oh, well, yeah. And then it's like, it starts to become a little bit of a, mm-hmm. a head game with yourself, but recognizing you're not consumed by that, right? It's, it's taking up your attention, but there's, there's plenty of things going right, right? There's nothing right. broken. There's nothing to be fixed. It's just your perception and your, your level of awareness of what could I do now to, to support myself in a different way. Yeah. And, and for those, which I'm going to go ahead and assume are most of the people listening, um, you mentioned yin yoga. So I want to go back to that for a minute because mm-hmm. that is you, um, you and I have that in common among many yeah. other things. It's one, that is my favorite practice to teach and to practice. Same. Yeah. Same. I, I love mm-hmm. it. And what's interesting is that I had a very similar experience started out like with the very, like the, and when we still do things that are very physically challenging in our classes at the Academy, right. but what I have found over time is the class that people enjoy the most is in because mm-hmm. when, they, you know, once they do it and they feel it, then they're, they're all in because they've never, most have never experienced that before because most have never taken a yoga class. And if they have not a yoga class like that. And so, mm-hmm. and you did a really great job of explaining what yin yoga is, but it's something that they just, that you don't know that you need it until you experience it. And mm-hmm. I just, I, I'm, I love that you, that you teach yin and how you um, talk about that because it provides this opportunity, not only to, to work the fascia and hydrate the tissue, but to practice mindfulness because you are still. And, you know, you have no choice and you, all these things are coming <laughs> up and, and that's life. Right. So, so I, I just wanted to point that out to everyone because yin is a very different practice than you use the word vinyasa. Most people may not know what that is. So maybe you can explain it, but a more active practice. Yeah. I mean, the, 
the way I explain it to the cops I work with, it's it's the hot and sweaty version, <laughs> the, mm-hmm. the kind that's gonna you're gonna be dripping sweat. Um, right. But the you know, I always say, you know, yin is the, the it's the cool side. It's the it's the restful yeah. side. I mean, it's very active. I mean, if I always tell people, you know, if you were to look in the window and see us in practice, people would be like, what are they doing? <laughs> like, are they doing anything? Yeah. And really, there is so much happening, right? And there's, there's, you know, it's interesting how we don't allow ourselves stillness really at all mm-hmm. in our lives, right? I mean, even if you sit still for a few minutes at home, it's like, oh, the the washing machine song just went off. I need to turn the laundry or, you know, the phone rings or there's always something that needs to be done. There's, it's not often that you are allowed, air quotes, allowed to be still. So when you're in class, it is such a wonderful opportunity to just learn how to be with yourself because yeah. that can be uh, very off-putting to some people because they don't, it's like a hot stove, you know, you don't want to touch that. I don't want to know what's going on in my head when I get still, right? Mm-hmm. Or maybe the things that come up are rough. And um, I, you know, I taught a class recently where that was a very real situation for a couple of people there dealing with some severe PTSD symptoms. And um, that stillness can be scary. So it's another reason why I think it's so important that for especially people who are working with law enforcement, military veteran communities, having that trauma-informed approach so Mm -hmm. that you understand and that you're able to hold space for people in a very particular way. I feel like I, you know, I get, I get so protective of this community, like, like, well, make sure you've been, I don't care what training it is, but make sure it's something that resonates with you in relation to trauma and how to, how to hold that space, how to help people navigate that because it's rough and we're not therapists, right? We're not counselors or I'm not. Um, so, um, you want to be able to be, be able to offer support because sometimes when you are in that, you know, amount of stillness, sometimes things do come up that are kind of difficult to deal with. And yeah, and then what, right? Yeah. And I think what you say is very important because I know, like, I think similar to your experience, my first yoga teacher training, my, my 200 hour, I have now have, you know, I'm a 500 hour and have done a lot of continuing ed, but the first 200 was, there was no trauma informed training whatsoever. I never even heard of trauma informed yoga until after I started teaching yoga. And in fact, most of what I've learned about trauma has come from my subsequent yoga teacher training. And I think Mm -hmm. what's so relevant about that is that, you know, you don't, you can tell people, well, your body is kind of a map of the mind and you, cause you don't understand that when you work, you're in a certain pose, like I'll just say hip openers, right? Cause we know that that's Mm -hmm. very common for people for things to come up and they can often get confused. So I, I let people know how normal it is and and why that is and to expect it and i have to say if i wasn't aware of that myself it would be very i wouldn't know what to do if somebody got emotional in a class early on i wouldn't have known what to do now i do and it happens it does happen very regularly and it's not uncommon 
and not not like making people scared so they don't want to teach yoga because they don't want to cry at yoga <laughs> class, but just to let them understand that that is something that is very normal and can happen. And it's that's why it's just such a helpful tool for those who may not want to go to a therapist if they need it. Um, it's just another way to help process that stuff out because, as you know, um, you know, it gets trapped in there sometimes if it's and it's stuck and it has to come out and it will come out one way or another. Oh, yeah. Well, what do we say? The issues are in our tissues, right? Yeah. Yeah. And one of the things I love to tell the classes that I teach, I say to every recruit class, is that a warrior has to be skilled in action and non-action. And it can be a challenge. You can tell when people are struggling to be still. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, I love that you just said about normalizing experiences because, Absolutely. If you haven't experienced a meditation class before or a yoga class and suddenly you get in there and you start having images come up in your mind that are like, whoa, this is like a nightmare scenario. Why, why is this coming up? Or why am I thinking about something from when I was a kid or, you know, and then feel like, oh my gosh, am I the only person in here that's kind of having this kind of experience? And it is a very normal thing. Does it happen all the time? No. But it can, for sure. Um, and you can have what's called an ab reaction, which is something that maybe feels more um, overwhelming and you might need to mm -hmm. step out of the room and that's okay. I taught a class last week where a couple of different people had, um, they have more uh, severe post-traumatic stress symptoms mm -hmm. and, and you know, someone had to step out of the room and a couple other people just needed a little bit more time afterward to to kind of integrate back into their wakeful um, state after our practice. And, and, but they, the amazing thing is how they reported that they felt so much more relaxed and so much less stressed, but normalizing that like, Hey, you know what? Sometimes different things come up and, and that's okay. It's going to look different for everybody. Yeah, for sure. That, that's great. So I want to ask you now on a shift a little bit, um, you're working with, recruits and retirees and anybody it sounds like who wants to come to these classes is it open to anybody who is associated with the police department when you teach yes so i was really adamant when we started the program that i wanted everybody included and mm -hmm. so at headquarters we have you know communications paramedics you know uh, our call takers dispatchers the officers of course and the civilians in the building as well. And I was really adamant, like, hey, our kids need this too. Um, <laughs> if you're if you're in this building, you know, if you're associated with the with the department and your family members, they're invited too. So what I've tried to do is create different opportunities for everyone to be connected. So I teach, I I try to schedule at least two in-person classes a month. Um, at two different locations, usually at the academy and um, somewhere like Southern Patrol has a has a nice space down here in my town um, mm -hmm. that I can use. Um, <clears throat> in addition to that, I do an online Zoom class. So that way, people that aren't nearby or people that don't want to be in person can participate. So I like it so that we're practicing together separately, right? So your camera can be off your sound can be off, 
but you're in a community that <clears throat> maybe you felt a little bit detached from if you're retired or if you moved or if you're out, you know, sick or something, or do you know what I mean? So yeah. like, for instance, there's been people who've had um, recent surgeries and because of the accessibility piece, mm -hmm. I can teach you the same class. If you're bedridden, I can teach you the same exact class from lying down in bed. And so whatever I'm doing, I'm explaining different layers of accessibility and maybe mm -hmm. it's just peeling it back until I get down to the breathing practice. Sure. Right. <clears throat> and maybe drawing your attention to that area of the body. And, and, and that's enough, right? I, I'm, I'm really big on your body doesn't have to make a certain shape to be right. <laughs> mm -hmm. Right. Yep. <clears throat> it's, I'm all about peeling it back to where it feels right for you. So it's going to look different in everybody. So, um, so I'm already going off on a tangent, but everybody's included. So I have um, those in-person classes, the Zoom class. Um, I offer one-on-one -on -one with officers or anybody, uh, paramedics, uh, dispatch, anyone at all. Uh, when the department has, like, say, uh, like the negotiators, for example, when they have their training days, they'll be like, hey, Jen, <clears throat> can you come down to SPU at this, this day, this time? Absolutely. So I'll come in and do something just for their unit. Um, so trying to have a little bit of like uh, team building kind of between yeah. the, in yep. the squad, which is, which is awesome. And I'm always putting it out there like, Hey, you know, just saying Rusty's had me come out a couple of times for, you know, he's winning. It, like if this was a competition between squads, I'm just going to tell you who's winning. Um, so it's it's kind of fun to have them all together and they're all of course hysterical i've known most of them for the last mm -hmm. 20 years anyway uh, 20 years plus and so that's it's a it's a lot of fun and i always laugh that you know when i was doing my initial training a lot of the people i was teaching with you know they were gonna they were teaching at studios or whatever right. but but not many people have just guns everywhere and, mm -hmm. you know, whatever. And I just think that's the best that they're all like, I don't know. It's just a fun way to teach. <laughs> yes. it's, it's nice to know that like the, all the, all the weapons are here. If, uh, you know, they're all ready to go if they need to, but for now, we're just going to breathe. Right. And, and this is another, I always refer to these practices as another layer of protection. Right. Mm, because, I like that. Because if you, can be with yourself if you can be in the midst of a highly stressful situation and have that awareness of focusing on your breathing bringing your heart rate down right you know kind of staying sharp and alert not allowing yourself to be hyperventilated and lose that mm -hmm. ability to be decisive and act clearly um those are the things that 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 are really important to me um that's 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 offered to them. That's that other side of the coin, right? There's that, like that hard and the soft again. That yeah. That that extra layer of um, of clarity and the fact that we have the classes ongoing is is really important to me. We had um, a class one day, and then that next night um, there was an officer who, thank God, is fine, mm -hmm. but was involved in a. a shooting that the next night and thank god um that officer's 
absolutely fine. But I loved that he was just in class. And then I could say, um, you know, when are we, this is when our next class is. You just come back to the practice, right? You come back to what's already happening. It's not like, oh, there's been a big event and you're, are you a mess now? Oh, okay. Like, let's make something special for you because everything's a mess. It's like, no, nothing's, nothing's a mess. Everything's good. Come back to what we've already had in place. Come back to what's, what's just typical. This is just what we do now. We move, physically move the body. We engage the breathing and we, we do something for the mind together right? So suddenly there's that camaraderie piece right back again. We're, we're doing the practices that are meant to regulate the nervous system, you know, kind of put you back on solid ground again, help you find that true nature within yourself. And it's just normal, right? right. There's nothing special. There's nothing like, oh, go sit in a circle over here. I don't know. Is this one going to be okay? It's like, no, this is just what we do. It's okay. It's part of who we are now, you know? So I really, I really love that aspect that, that this has been in place and that they are embracing it because, you know, you know, you're all dealing with heavy stuff out there on the road. And the fact that this is just what we do now, it's just. Yeah. And that's why it's so great that you get to teach these skills early on to the recruits. Cause so they at least know mm -hmm. before they start the job that it's in place. I'm curious, um, what is the, the size of the agency that you're, you're teaching at? Because I want to, I'm just kind of trying to get some perspective on what the culture's yeah. like. And, and so people listening can understand yeah. that any size agency, I mean, it's possible to do these kinds of things regardless. So I think right now sworn, I'm going to say it's in the three hundreds. Okay. I'm not certain. Uh, um, of civilian numbers off the top of my head, <clears throat> but so it's um, a decent size agency. It's a, it's a large agency and, mm -hmm. um, you know, and we are throughout Newcastle County, which is a mm -hmm. Delaware is not a very large state. <laughs> yeah. I know that <laughs> but it's a big, it's a big chunk. <laughs> it's a, it's a big chunk, but, um, um, it's, it's been something that I've been thrilled that the the paramedics uh, on on their side mm -hmm. they've had me come into their academy now. So now I've gotten to you know work with them. We have the police side, um, other units within the department that do have civilians have said, "Hey, we're, the behavioral health unit. Hey, we're going to have an in service day. We would love to do a session with you. Awesome, let's do it." You know so. So everybody's kind of, you know, weaving this into mm -hmm. their everyday part of the job, and um, which has been a, a really cool thing to see uh, happen. And there was there was one night recently where there was a, a really bad fire, and there was a collapse, which was very similar to, uh, unfortunately, a situation that happened a couple of years ago where firefighters were killed. And some of the people who were responding were responding and having a bit of a deja vu moment of what happened last time. And I was having class that night and I, I get a text, you know, Hey, uh, class tonight. Right. And I said, yeah. And I thought they were telling me that they weren't going to come because I knew they were working 
And this person said, oh no, I'm on my way. <laughs> like I need it. If I ever Good. need it, it's tonight. So, so I just, I, I, I just love that, that this is what we do. And once you experience it, like you mentioned earlier, you don't know you need this yeah. until you experience it. And then it's like, whoa, you know, people say, I feel like I slept. Like, I feel like I slept mm -hmm. like, but before I had kids sleep, like that's how good this feels. And I was like, yeah. okay, now that is a ringing <laughs> endorsement. Yeah. Yes. But um, yeah. So. Well, so a couple things. Um, first of all, I just, if I forget to say it at the end, I'm so grateful for, for you because you can, we can't have enough people throughout our nation for first responders um, teaching these practices. And I still, there are more and more people that are surfacing across the country, but we can't have enough because this, this practice, these practices are so beneficial and it's still really in the grand scheme of things, you know, after doing it for about seven years in this environment, it is still relatively new. I mean, it's not new to us because we've much. been doing it and it's definitely come a little bit further along than it was seven years ago. But it's still yeah. something that people are quite hesitant to do. And so I think the more people that do this, especially people like you, you're a first, you're a spouse, you're, you know, you understand the life and other first responders. But my question is, if you had to give advice to someone who yeah. is trying to, because I get this a lot from yoga teachers that don't have any yeah. connection. They're not first responders themselves. They don't have a family member but they just want to give back. They want to be of service to first responders. And there is, a, you know, it, there can be a barrier um, and that can be a challenge. So I don't know if anybody's ever asked you that question before, but what would you suggest to somebody who might be listening who would want to, to want to be of service? And really, even if you're somebody who wants to bring it to your agency and you want to contact somebody from the outside, how that, how that connection might best work. I would say if you're a civilian and you're not already attached to a department in some way, and maybe there's, you're thinking about, you know, approaching them. Number one, I would say, have some trauma informed training yeah, in your repertoire, mm -hmm. right? So like you, I had the same experience as you, your 200 hour. I mean, it was intense. Sometimes I cried in the mm -hmm. parking lot before I went in. I'm not even kidding. <laughs> it was like intense. It was hardcore. It was, it was scary, <laughs> but it's, it was not trauma informed. Um, so I do think that there are wonderful organizations that have that background with veterans, military law enforcement community. I say, you know, tap mm -hmm. into, into those. Um, that's a, that's a, that's a big one for me. That's probably the biggest one, because if you walk into a department and say, like, I want to teach yoga, to your officers, I want to be a support. They'll be like, that's nice. You know, you have to have a little bit of data research mm -hmm. to back it up. Right. So if you have that kind of training, I think that says a lot and it shows that you're really dedicated to this population. Um, I'd say, I mean, I started by volunteering my time, you know, um, I, and now did my husband want me to volunteer my entire life away? No, but was I sort of doing that? Kind of, you know, right? Right. <laughs> because I really believe I really believed in it, and I, I this is my whole life, right? All of these mm -hmm. trainings, this has been my whole life for a long time. So, um, 
I, I really believe in it. And I was more than happy to volunteer my time. That is one way to kind of get to know some of the people. And, and then you're finding people that you know have a buy-in, right? So if you have your core people, then maybe it becomes a little bit easier to, you know, connect with the talking with the right people. Or, you know, maybe you're just, you know, I don't know, more brave than me and just go straight to the top off the bat. I don't know. But but I think that if you were to show the show the officers that you have a this this desire to support them in that kind of way that goes a long way <clears throat> um even when i first started with the department and went into all the roll calls you know in the in the morning and um i was like all right where who are my people in here i need at least three is from each squad who am i who do i got who do I, who's my person and i and of course i know all the uh, you know i say this lovingly the old heads in the back you know, lying against the wall and roll call. And I'm like, I'm looking at all of you because I still know all of you. The rest, everybody else in the room, you're all so new. I don't know you, but always in the back, I, I, I'm going to take names. So it's like building up your core group of people, you know, who mm -hmm. are going to be the people that you can reach to and say, hey, just letting you guys know, um, you know, there's class coming up. Love to have you. And yes, I will be like a nagging wife to you and let you know all the time when we right. have, have something yeah. going on. So I think you just have to put yourself out there and, um, you know, be willing to accept in whatever the participation in whatever form it comes. Maybe it's only going to be a couple people at first, you know, maybe it's not going to be, it's listen, it's not going to be exactly what you want right off the bat. No, I mean, and I and I will <laughs> no, like not even close. And even back when I was first offering, like, you know, I had my two hundred, and I was like, oh, let me let me go into the academy. Sure, I could have run them into the ground with workouts. Sure, but did I have all the training I have now? No. Was right. I the same teacher back then? No, I definitely was not. So everything happens for a reason. I believe that firmly. Um, all the timing, everything kind of is will unfold in its own way. But if you have that desire, absolutely, you know, be be reaching out to people, be be having some free offerings, be, you know, connecting with maybe the FOP like I did. Um, and my my husband was a part of it, which is helpful. But you know, I'm sure if they want to help this population, I'm I'm guessing they probably know a few people that are cops, you know, that they could yeah. reach to. So that's really good be, advice. Be, and be patient. Be be patient. Yeah. yeah, that's that's very no, it really is good advice. And and one of the things, you know, I think I mentioned this earlier to you that I, I really I'm trying to to put out through this podcast is all the different ways. Like if someone is interested in learning, hey, I get questions about, well, do you do a, a certification? And I I don't. Like, how do I get certified to teach this kind of yoga to, to first responders? And what's nice is, you know, you already mentioned a couple of programs. I went through yoga for first responders. You talked about warrior at e warriors at ease. Um, there are multiple different, I would say, very good programs that, that you know, that oh, I, yeah. a couple that I have vetted. Some I just have heard from others. But because there's, you know, you know, there are programs out there that may not, that kind of might not be as good as others. But there are several. So that's actually very encouraging because I think there's a lot more, a lot more options for people than there used to be if they want to be mm -hmm. teaching yoga and they need to have some of this, 
some of this type of training. So as we kind of wrap up, if you don't mind, I'd really like it if you could tell the listeners a little bit more. You you talked about your training as an iRest meditation yeah. teacher. If you could just give everybody a little bit of info on what the heck that is. And then you have a special treat for people. Um, you have um, graciously agreed to walk everybody through a practice to kind of end our conversation. Yeah, absolutely. So IREST stands for Integrative Restoration, and it was uh, created by Dr. Richard Miller. It's a 10-step protocol that's meant to help support the symptoms of post-traumatic stress, help with sleep disruption, anxiety, stress, things like that. And he developed this protocol you know, based on the ancient practice of yoga nidra. So if you've, I know, I know you've heard of yoga nidra, but if other people aren't familiar, it's just an ancient practice. It's been around for, you know, almost 5,000 years. Uh, but, you know, the government, when, when Richard was doing this um, at Walter Reed, you know, the Department of Defense, I don't think really was into yoga nidra. Right. <laughs> the sound sure. of it, right? So, so he needed to develop, um, you know, a, a name for it that would be suitable. So uh, integrative restoration, it's um, how to integrate the senses, you know, how to get out of the head, the busyness of the mind and get into the body. So um, he developed this protocol when working with vets that were coming back from overseas deployments. And they had such success with the protocol that it has warranted continued studies um, through the DOD um, for this type of meditation uh, with with our vets. So, you know, instead of just, and I always say this with a disclaimer that, you know, met, there are there is a place for medication. I'm not saying there isn't, but, you know, in the past, maybe you have someone that comes to mind right away that's had to go through this where they were given a medication and then two more to mask those side effects. And then, another yeah. one to help them sleep because now all of these pills keep them up for two days. So it's just kind of, you know, masking everything to the point where who knows what the initial root of the problem was. Now we have so many more issues now with these side effects. So, so this was a way to have a non-pharmaceutical intervention and, you know, it can't hurt, right? It can't hurt. And right. it's something that we, frankly, we weren't taught this when we were kids. We weren't taught how to, you know, sure, we learned about our senses and things. We learned about, um, you know, maybe the, the basics, the, the, the tip of the iceberg here, but we didn't learn how to use these aspects of ourself as tools. And what I love about iRest so much is that it's having you use the aspects of yourself that are, you have all the time. You always have your breath and your attention. You know, this eye rest is really a form of attention training. And so uh, that's what makes it so suitable for vets, first responders. You can use it on the go. You can be in your squad car. You could be deployed. You could be on a ship in the middle of who knows where. You don't have to go anywhere. You don't have to buy anything. You have everything within you. And the it's, a, it's considered a non-dualistic uh, approach, meaning that we're not we're not separate and also that you're not broken there is nothing to fix and i think a lot of people when you are dealing with whether it's pain or overwhelm or maybe you are dealing with some 
intrusive thoughts or some aspects of post-traumatic stress, or maybe you, whether you're diagnosed or not, you can have some of the, you know, aspects of it. You know, when you realize that you're not broken, that all of this that you're experiencing, it's information that your body's giving you. It's, it's trying to tell you something. Now, you might not like it. <laughs> you might not like the way it feels. You might not like that it's keeping you up or, or whatever else, but there's no striving to get better, right? Everything else in life is striving, striving to fix yourself, try, striving to do the next, hit the next rank at, at work or, or whatever it is. There's all this striving and trying and reaching. But in iRest, it's this reminder that you are absolutely whole, right? There's, there's nothing broken. There's, there's nothing to strive for. It's, it's like, if this was this, uh, if this is your true nature, this is you here, but here's the stress of work and the stress of your kids and all the other stuff you have to do. And it's all just piled up and I rest just peels it back layer by layer by, you know, getting out of the head, we get into the body, the breath, and suddenly we kind of, you know, bring back all this brush here and get down to the forest floor. And then there you are. And you were here all the, all the time, right? So I think that's a, that's a big, big message for people because I think people do have this perception that they are broken um, or something is wrong with them, that they can't right. sleep at night. Something's wrong with me that I have these thoughts. Something's wrong. And it's like, you're experiencing these thoughts. You're experiencing these, these symptoms, but, but no, you're, you're not broken at all. You just need, you know, some tools to help tap into your true nature. You know, when you feel really good, right? You know, when, when everything feels great, but then you also can tell when you've been pulled a little left of center, right? You know, that like something just feels off. Like it's when you start to feel sick, you know, you're like, oh, I don't know. I feel like I'm coming down with something. Like it's, it's kind of like that. You can tell when you're not feeling like yourself. Right. And so I rest really helps you tap into your true nature and offers you opportunities to use your senses to tap back in and then maybe return back to you know, maybe you're so like you were in person. So, okay. So you're going out for a homicide and you're in the middle of all this stressful situation. And it's like, maybe this is triggering something that you experienced two years ago that is really just stuck with you. You know, trauma is sticky, right? It's like, it's so sticky. It just stays with you. And suddenly this is reigniting something and you're feeling really overwhelmed. Well, you still have to work, right? You still, you still have to finish this work this right. scene until it's done, right? But maybe you could just, in that moment, uh, while you're looking through some papers, maybe suddenly you're just starting to notice the sensation of your breath as it's passing through the nostrils. Right. And maybe you're just noticing the touch of air on your skin and noticing, is it cool? Is it warm? Right? Is, um, you know, when I'm breathing in right now, do I feel it? through the intercostals and the ribs? Can I feel my ribs expand? Do I feel my breath in my back? Just taking one aspect and you're standing there in the midst of a bunch of people and, you know, a murder scene, you know, who knows, right? But you're tapping into your breathing. You're tapping into sensation. Maybe you're connecting into 
your inner resource. And that's something we can um, experience and practice that a place within that's just untouched by outside circumstances. So, you know, if you have aspects of the protocol that are a practice, right, that you can practice little and often, when you need it, you'll have that muscle memory, just like, you know, you go to the range to practice getting your, your shooting down, get, you know, get your groupings, whatever you're doing, you practice so that when you need it, that muscle memory is there. This is the same. You practice in times of ease so that when it hits the fan, because it's going to hit the fan, right? Something's always oh, yeah. going to hit the fan. <laughs> um, that you have that muscle memory, that it comes back and you're like, like before you even know that you did it, your body starts to do it for you. That's the beauty of the practice. And I mean, imagine if we could teach our kids that when they're little, right? When right. they get upset, um, you know, imagine how different, uh, or I imagine how different I would have felt with all the anxiety I dealt with growing up. How different would it have felt to not think everything was happening to me and I couldn't stop it? You know, I, I got sent to a ton of cardiologists because I thought I was having heart attacks all the time mm. when I was a teenager. Yeah. I wasn't having heart attacks, right? There was nothing wrong with my heart. They they checked everything. It, it was anxiety. It was panic attacks. It was giving me physical pain, but I felt like it was happening to me. And if I would have just known, oh, like this is information, right? right. My body is, this is my body saying like, hey, <laughs> you've just hit the limit. Uh, let's, let's back Pay it up attention. here. Let's, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So so that's what I, I I love about it. And when we when we do our our practice together, you know, I won't um, we won't do go too deep into all the aspects of the protocol. <clears throat> we'll stay in um, the more gross level of the body. So like the physical body, the breath body. Uh, we'll kind of hang. We'll kind of hang there and uh, tap into maybe your heartfelt mission, your inner resource, the, your intention, those three aspects are always present in an IRS meditation, no matter how short it is. It could be five minutes. It could be an hour. Although I know I told you in Nashville, I wouldn't keep you in uh, practice longer than a half an hour. I don't want to reset your clocks, your body clock that would keep you up uh, that night. So <laughs> it can it can expand or contract to, to fit your time. But that's where I think we'll we'll kind of swim around in the, the, the physical body, the breathing body, the senses, and uh, that Great. inner resource is a very important piece. So, yeah. okay. Well, I know I'm going to appreciate this as I head into my evening, but one quick thing I want to tell you that I appreciate the example you provided um, and how these practices are so tangible in our real life situations. Um, I just like you really wish that I would have had some of these practices earlier on in my career, you know, about seven, eight years ago is when it really started to all click and come together. Cause even though I was practicing yoga, I, and I knew I felt better. I didn't really understand how all of this came together. And I can think of numerous times where I was at work and was triggered and had to compose myself and, you know, talk to people and do my job, but I physically felt ill or I like I was going to pass out from seeing something or getting triggered by something and just figuring out a way to keep it together. And it would have been great to have, okay, like the things that you just walked us through, 
um, that I now know myself, but I wish I would have known, you know, years ago. So that's a great point. Thanks. I appreciate that. Exactly. Yeah, for I sure. Am, and I am excited for you to lead us through this practice. So you take it away whenever you're ready. All right. So wherever you are, just allow yourself to make yourself even 10% more comfortable. So you might be seated, you might lay down, whatever feels right. And of course you're in your own space, so you can decide if you'd like to have your eyes opened or closed, whatever feels comfortable to you. And you might gently begin to notice the sounds in the space you're in. Maybe there's a hum of a light or someone moving down the hall, even sounds from within, like digestion. Maybe noticing if there's a scent in the air or maybe the absence of scent here. Maybe noticing how the surface beneath you is fully supporting the weight of the body. Maybe feeling heavy here. Those points of the body in contact with that surface. Maybe is there a leftover taste in the mouth from something you had to eat or drink earlier or not? And you might ask yourself if you have an intention for this practice tonight. And something might come to mind or maybe just asking yourself, what do I really need right now? And letting that question be the intention. And over these next few minutes, as we are sitting in stillness, notice if in that stillness, something comes to mind You might notice the body breathing itself here. No striving, no effort. And not changing anything. The body just breathing. Sensation in the nostrils maybe of the breath passing through. You've been breathing all day, every day. And that sensation's present. It's just the attention now that really brings that sensation to life. Maybe you noticed even 
hearing the sounds in the space you're in. There's no striving there either. The sounds just make their way into your awareness. You don't have to try. There's an aspect of practice we call our heartfelt mission. I wonder for a moment, you could think about something that you're so passionate about, maybe something you'd like to bring forward in your life. What gets you up in the morning? Like your reason why you do what you do. And if you have an image in the mind, stay with that. And if nothing came to mind, that's okay. Maybe just notice that sensation of the breath again in the nostrils. But if you can see that heartfelt mission in your mind's eye, maybe you're envisioning yourself going through the motions of whatever it is you'd like to see come through you, how life is living itself through you. Is there a feeling that co-arises with this thought? Maybe a felt sense of pride or joy, happiness. Seeing this heartfelt mission come alive, even if it's not happening in the present moment, imagine that it is. What does that feel like? There is a sensation in the body. Maybe a warmth in the chest or the arms or maybe a wave of feeling. I'm not letting my words limit you, just noticing what's present for you. And it's okay if right now it just feels like words. But maybe if you find yourself in those moments when you feel like your heartfelt mission is alive in front of you, maybe notice that feeling. The feeling is what we want to stay with, that felt sense. So often overlooked in the busyness of our days. And all the while, the body still just breathes itself. Notice the subtle expansion and contraction. Nothing to change, nothing to fix. Just noticing. 
might direct your attention here to the soles of the feet. Maybe it's the sensation of the feet resting against the floor or touching your sock or your shoe. Maybe it's the sensation of the skin with the air. Just noticing any sensation that's present with the soles of the feet. Letting the thinking mind fall back. Letting the body really feel from within. And this aliveness of sensation starts to move from the soles of the feet up to the top side of the feet. And slowly, that sensation moves up into the ankles. from the sole of the foot all the way up to the ankles. Noticing any sensation that's present. And what's the quality of the sensation? Is it a softness? Is it like pins and needles? Is it a warmth or like a wave of feeling? a pulsing, it radiating. Noticing. And again, if it just feels like words, that's okay. You're welcome at any time to just stay with one area of the body. Even if I move on, you can stay. It's like walking into a dark room. Sometimes the longer you stay in a particular area, the more sensation will become present. Just like walking into that dark room, over time, that night vision becomes available. And suddenly you can see much better even in the dark. So that sensation now, drawing up from the ankles, moving ever so slowly through the lower legs up to the knees. Aware of any sensation that's present here. Notice how the sensation moves. Slowly passing up through the knees and to the upper legs. And in your own time, that felt sense travels all the way up to the hips. Sensation now from the soles of the feet all the way up to the hips. And notice as the body just breathes itself, Does the sensation change as you breathe in and out? Again, nothing to change, just noticing.
And for a moment, maybe connect with something called your inner resource. As the sensation unfolds from the feet up to the hips. We'll use a memory here to act like an anchor to draw you back to a time when you felt the most at ease. And you might briefly let go of that sensation in the legs here, just noticing what comes up when you think about a time when you felt the most at ease, rested, peaceful. Maybe even a felt sense of okayness. Notice if a memory comes into your mind's eye. And if it doesn't, that's okay. Maybe you could think of something that you're grateful for. Maybe a person or a pet, child. And if that's not available, that's okay too. Just noticing the breath. The subtle way that the body expands and contracts with every breath. You have an image in your mind's eye of that felt sense of ease. It could be from a minute ago, it could be from years ago, it could be an imaginary experience. What does it feel like to be in that space? Where everything is okay. Is there a felt sense that comes alive in the body? Maybe an expansion through the chest or the face, the legs, the arms. Again, this is part of you that might need repetition over time, right? Where it might just feel like words right now. And if that's the case, that's okay. But plant that seed here today to notice those times when you're experiencing those moments of okayness, those moments of ease. There's a felt sense that comes with each of those experiences, the noticing and the remembering of that felt sense so that in a moment of extreme stress or overwhelm or upset, you remember that within you, there is a place that is untouched. There is a place that is always okay. 
always at ease. It's just waiting for your breath and your attention to bring you back to it. Gently, you might let that inner resource kind of linger or maybe dissipate up to you. That sensation of the breath expanding in the body, contracting. Noticing any movement of sensation that's present here. Sensation now moving through the bowl of the pelvis. And maybe just ever so slowly it begins to expand up across the front side of the chest. Front side of the torso. Back side of the torso. Left and right. The entirety of the torso here alive with feeling. Any sensation at all that's present. The border and boundary of the body might even begin to feel nebulous here. Hard to define. Just noticing what's present. And if sensation is not making itself known to you, that's okay. That is feeling too the absence of that sensation. There's no right or wrong way to experience this practice. Sensation now in the shoulders. And again, that thinking mind falls back, allowing this sensation to move from within. So starting in the shoulders ever so slowly, Sensation begins to move through the biceps. Eventually passing through the elbows, the forearms, aliveness across the top sides of the hands. The palms alive with feeling. Both arms from the shoulders all the way down and out through the tips of the fingers. Radiant sensation. You might even feel heavy here. Warm, 
sensation now in the throat. Sensing into the hollow of the throat here. The nostrils. Noticing sensation. And notice the quality of that sensation. Does it feel staticky or sharp or soft? Is it moving? Is it static? The air warm or cool? No tension in the jaw here. Noticing any sensation present through the jaw. The right cheek, left cheek. The right eye, the eyelid, sensation even behind the right eye. Sensation in the left cheek, the left eye, behind the left eye. inner left ear, inner right ear, and then sensation in the ears gently moves from the inner ear slowly to the outer architecture of the left and the right ears. And maybe it's just that felt sense of the touch of air on the ears or your hair against the ears. Just noticing what's present. Sensation across the forehead here. Top of the head. Back of the head. from the top of the head all the way down and out through the soles of the feet. Aliveness of being in the body. Just any sensation present from the top of the head all the way down to the feet all at once. The body as Radiant sensation. And this felt sense of awareness. 
of how sensation arises and just passes on through, dissipating. All these movements through your awareness. But recognizing how you remain the same, this awareness remains the same. It's these movements of sensation, movements of thought. They come and they go effortlessly. You might notice the body breathing itself here. And maybe for a moment, bring back that inner resource, that time or place or person that when you're with them, everything is okay. A sense of ground, safety. Know that the image in your mind can change. The memory can change. It's that felt sense that you feel from within. That is the inner resource. That is the place that brings you back to your true nature, who you really are. You are not the thoughts in your head that keep you up at night. You are not the physical pain that you may experience in the body. You are this place of ease, this sense of safety, being whole, right? Not broken, nothing to fix, nothing to change. again to just the front side of the body here from the face all the way down through the tops of the feet just the front side of the body alive with feeling now just the back side of the body alive with feeling And letting go of that sensation, letting the body feel heavy and rested here. Warm hands, full head. No tension in the jaw. Body completely at ease. might slowly begin to notice those sounds in the space you're in once again. Sounds in the room, maybe sounds outside your window or down the hall.
Noticing that felt sense of the surface that's been supporting you. If the eyes are closed, you might begin to notice the way that the light or the darkness kind of dances behind the eyelids here. in your own time if you so choose you can slowly begin to blink your eyes open of course if you're home you don't have to do that at all you can keep your eyes closed stay where you are and just slowly integrating the light back into the body through the eyes Ever so slowly letting your thinking mind come back online. And just remembering that these aspects of practice can be tapped into on their own at any time. Kind of as a standalone mini practice, even for 30 seconds at a time, just noticing your breathing noticing sensation, describing the quality of that sensation to yourself. So thank you for allowing me to practice with you tonight. I hope you enjoyed that little reset. Very much so. And now I want to go right to bed. <laughs> it felt very relaxing for me. Thank you. You have a great, a great meditation voice too. I'm sure you've heard that before. Well, thank you. It's funny. Um, in Nashville, uh, gosh, where was he from? An officer from, uh, I think he was from Texas. He came up to me and he said, I got to tell you, you have a great voice for that, but I have a question. And he, my husband was standing next to me and he said, does she have a wife voice? <laughs> and I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. And he's like, oh yeah, she's got a wife voice. All right. I'm like, mm -hmm. oh, I don't, uh, you know, you don't, you, you don't think I talk to him like this all the time. He's like, nope. <laughs> exactly. Well, that was amazing. So that was like, I... Yeah. He, so he thought he, he wanted to make sure you didn't go around talking like that all the time. <laughs> well, I think he just didn't believe for a minute that I would say like to take the trash out quite so nicely or something. Yes. I don't know, but it was, uh, yeah. it was pretty funny. I was like, wow, that's a great question. Uh, I I'm sure I have a wife voice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Meditation voice and wife voice and everything in between. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. Well, no, that truly was amazing. And I really appreciate you taking the time to lead us through that. It was, it was great. And before we sign off, um, I do want to ask you that you tell everybody how they can find you and how they can work with you. And I know you've got a special treat for people who are listening, some recordings um, of some of your practices. Yeah, for sure. So I'll make sure I send you some, um, mm -hmm links so that people can listen, you know, on their own time. And, you know, even if the, the link is like a 
25 minute or half hour meditation, you never have to feel like you have to listen to the whole thing all at once. So there's my little disclaimer. You can literally put it on and drag your finger to wherever you want it to be, right? You can just kind of put it in the middle if you want. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. You'll be able to, to kind of tap in wherever uh, the meditation picks up, or you only have like a couple minutes or something. It'll, it'll still be helpful for you. Um, So I will definitely, I'll definitely share that. Uh, I do have recordings on SoundCloud where I do have some Mm -hmm. um, free offerings there um, as well as my website, which is my name, which is, uh, I know, uh, completely uh, difficult mess to spell, but, (laughs) but um, jenniferboilo.com is my website. um, And I'm on like Instagram, Facebook as Jen Boilo. Um, So kind of, those are some some ways to to get a hold of me, and I'm always happy to answer questions. You know, I I I'm I'm always happy. I don't care, uh, you know, where you're from, whatever. You don't have to even tell me your name if you have a question. I'm always open. Uh, my email's on my website. It's Jennifer at jenniferboilo.com. You're uh, I'm more than happy to answer things um, at any time because I know sometimes people might feel they don't have someone that they can go to at their agency, Mm -hmm. or maybe they don't have a friend that's a yoga teacher to talk to. I'm always happy to field questions. I don't need to know specifics, but I can kind of give you some, some direction if, if, if that's helpful. So always happy to do that. And you work with, obviously you teach groups and then you do Mm one-on-one as well. I do. I have uh, private clients that I tend to work with, um, well, well, kind of as their schedule allows, mm-hmm. but um, then, you know, mainly I'm with uh, the Newcastle County Police Department and doing some consulting for other departments as well, uh, which is really exciting. That is exciting. I'm so glad that you have more and more opportunities because it means people are understanding the value. So once again, I appreciate your time. I know we went probably a little bit longer than than we had anticipated, but that bonus practice was, mm-hmm. that was, that was great. So thank you very much, Jen. You are so welcome. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you found value, we ask that you share with someone that you think might be interested. Write a review. And as always, feel free to reach out with questions, comments, or suggestions. And remember, from now until the end of the month, we're doing our first ever giveaway. If you sign up for our upcoming newsletter at the link in the show notes or on Instagram, you're going to be eligible to win a free guns and yoga hat. The drawing will take place on Halloween of this year, 2023. Take care and remember, we are better together.